Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie, And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Afternoon, good evening, hello. Good morning. All of the times you may be listening. Hello, friends. Welcome. We got a great show today. We are talking to Jessica Gershman, host of the Zen-ish Mommy Podcast. Then we have a really fun second segment discussing are you a grower or a shower or neither? We'll find out. Ashley has discussed a lot about medium penis vibes, and we're gonna talk all about that. I'm all for the medium penis. We know this. We have our hashtag swag bag. Next, kids, do our job for us. The tits and the So I found a TikTok that I wanted to present to Carrie and talk about. Oh boy. The link will be in the show notes. You guys can look it up there. But it's from a sex therapist who says that when you're in a long-term relationship, kissing, fun kissing, like making out really goes to the wayside because you only really kiss when it's going to lead to sex, which is true. Matt and I will peck kiss all day long. Hi, you know, whatever. But we don't really make out until it's time to do that. So this woman basically says that her and her partner every night they make out whether it's going to lead to sex or not listen I don't think I can commit to every night but I think twice a week is a good start for me I agree everything she's saying is a very valid point I miss the fun of making out with somebody totally especially when you were younger and sex wasn't a part of things you're like ooh how long are we going to do this and then we're going to do it above the shirt or under the shirt that feeling was so fun I can feel your penis I miss that so much but also also, I have to say, the idea of just making out is kind of like... And then what? Right. Which I think is how my brain is wired at this point because of where I am in my life. I haven't talked to Matt about it yet, but if I do, while you're doing your psilocybin content on Patreon, maybe I'll do makeout content. Yes, I've only made two things that I haven't posted them yet, so I got to get on there. If you want to support us financially, that's what our Patreon is for. I don't have tits or shits. I just wanted to discuss that story. My shits are... As you get older, things just start growing on your body that you got to get cut out. It's really annoying. I had some maybe pre-cancer. We don't know. Jury's still out. I'm waiting for the biopsy. I had some shit cut out of me on my back, on my face, on my head, and it was gnarly. I have a high pain tolerance, and I had some weird reaction to the local that they gave me, and I started to have a crazy trauma response where my teeth were chattering, and I couldn't stop my body from shaking, and I remembered when my dog was attacked and almost died. It was a real shit show. My shits are, damn, stuff grows on your body and what are you a fucking old tree you're like get this barnacle off of here i know barnacles don't go on trees guys don't at me oh i thought of a tits now okay well let me do my tits and then you can do your tits vacation i'm going to puerto rico and lee and i have gone to puerto rico a lot it's our go-to place we go to the same town and i love my yoga place that i go to and my smoothie place it feels like a second home and so i really like going there because we just do regular people shit while we're there it just happens to be in a gorgeous hot area and we rented an Airbnb. It's a home with a pool so if we don't want to go to the beach I could just have my coffee in the pool or Luna and I could have a dip in the pool. I mean I love the beach but when you have 
a kid, sometimes it's nice just to have them in the water that doesn't involve sand. You know, I'm not a beach person, so you don't have to tell me twice. I'm really excited to go to Rincon, Puerto Rico. You inspired mine because my tits are, Matt and I are going solo to Austin this weekend for South by Southwest, which basically means he and I are just going to pretend like we're in our 20s again, just going from free party that he's gotten us into to free party, drinking and hanging out. I'm just excited to have time just he and I. We haven't had that in a while. Open-toed shoes are not really your friend at South by Southwest. No, I'm wearing cowboy boots and sneakers. I'm not wearing any heels. Also, I finally get to go to the premiere of one of my husband's movies. And it's his biggest movie to date. It's called Americana. It has Sydney Sweeney and Halsey and Paul Walter Hauser. I'm very excited to support my dude, who I'm very proud of and I love very much. Love that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Last week, Carrie had a special sneak peek of the new film Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves and got to chat with two of the young stars. Based on the classic tabletop role-playing game, the movie follows a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers as they embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. Here's a clip of her chat with Justice Smith and Sophia Lilly. So fans of Dungeons and Dragons are super hardcore. Was there a lot of discussion among the cast about expectations from the fans about what their favorite character and the favorite franchise might look like? I think that was done behind the scenes. John and Jonathan were also big fans of the games. They had lots of discussions about what creatures we were going to see in the movie, what the character arcs were going to be, because the spirit of the game is that you really can do anything and be anyone. Right. So they had to really be particular about which classes they show and the nuances of spell casting and shape-shifting and all kinds of stuff. But we just got to come in and do the script, and that was a lot easier. Yeah, that's what I would have preferred to have done as well. Have you guys ever played D&D? Do you have a 12-sided die in your pocket right now as we speak? I have one at home. I hadn't played before the movie, but we did play once as a cast before we started shooting. I've played a few times in high school and a little bit outside of high school. I know bits and pieces from just watching it and listening to podcasts and playing a bit. So I knew a bit going into it. I really enjoyed doing our little campaign that we did before we started shooting because that was the first time I ever actually finished a story and it felt like oh good I completed one of these things it felt very fulfilling are people gonna cosplay you are you afraid of this I hope they do that I've only ever had one person that I know of cosplay as me for the Pokemon movie this guy in Japan and it was so spot on and it was so cool one of the popular questions on Momtourage is that we ask all of our guests 
this question, which is, what do you think is the number one thing busy people should outsource if they have the means to do so? I would outsource cleaning. I like to clean when I'm stressed because it helps me relax. But when I'm not stressed, I don't like to clean. But the not clean stuff makes me stressed. I'm fortunate enough to be able to outsource that. I am the same. I can't clean. I can't cook. I'm trying to learn. Thank you so much for talking to me. And I really wish you guys a painless rest of your junket and a good sleep. Thank you. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves is in theaters March 31st. Next up, Jessica Gershman. Host Jessica Gershman believes in the power of the end, that you can be both zen and crazy, authentic and insecure, and a work in progress, and a beautiful masterpiece all at the same damn time. A certified yoga instructor, mindfulness practitioner, and a busy mom of four. God bless you. Jessica invites you to explore your own inner journey and expand on the topics you need to know to become your own best self-advocate. Health, sex, parenting, marriage, friendship, and everything in between, plus weekly mindfulness tips to invite a little zen into your life. Welcome, Jessica. Host Host of Zen-ish Mommy. Thanks. I feel like we're old friends. I mean, we kind of are already. Didn't realize you have four kids. Well, here's the disclaimer. I birthed two, but I raised four. I took on my stepsons when I was 22 years old, and they were two and a half and a baby. Wow. We had 50-50 custody, so I take some credit for that. So they're now 21, 19, and then my two daughters are 14 and 10. I have an amazing stepmom who raised me more than my dad did, so I love the power of a good stepmom. I had a really good stepmom too. She was just a really great support for my dad. And we are so close now as adults. And I think having that mentor really helped me to kind of be a step parent because it's hard. It's a really thankless job. I mean, you get all of the work and none of the benefits. You know, they're not writing when they're young, the little stories about you that we love when our kids are like, oh, my mom is so great. I love when she hugged me. You know, you don't get any of that good stuff. But I have noticed that as my sons have gotten older, the things that they rely on me for or credit me for are just as powerful. Having a step parent is conflicting because you love them, but you just feel uncomfortable loving them. I can only imagine how conflicted I would have felt as a little kid having a step parent either side and loving them fully. So good for all of you that you made such a beautiful family out of that situation and have embraced it. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your show and why you wanted to start a podcast? You know, like most things by accident. I actually started a yoga app. I thought I was going to teach yoga to the masses. Me too, girl. Right? I was like, obviously, this is going to work out and be financially successful and it wasn't. But I had some mentors that told me that I either needed to start a YouTube channel or a podcast. Well, my only experience with YouTube is my kids watching those dumbass videos of like other people playing with toys. And so I would talk about starting our YouTube channel and I would get like viscerally angry and have hives. And they're like, you know, maybe that's not the right thing for you. So I was like, sure, I'll start a podcast. This is easy. It used to be called Mom Slow Down and I wanted to change it to the Zenish Mommy. I'm now in my fourth season. I feel so much that our ownness of our own mental, physical, emotional health falls on us. And we often, as women, get passed off, whether it's by doctors or friends or you know, therapists of like, well, you look fine or you know, what's wrong with you? I really wanted a place to educate and empower women. And I get to have these incredible conversations and learn so much and hopefully offer up this little platform of okayness. What parts of being a yogi and a meditation teacher do you think specifically help you in your parenting? All of it. I'm a reasonably okay parent. I have lots of successes and lots of failures. 
years. Just recently, my oldest daughter was laughing and she said to me at dinner, mom, if I was married to you, I think I'd kill myself because you're such a bitch. (laughs) Did she actually call you a bitch? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, it was all in jest. We were cracking up. They think, of course, my husband is so sweet and daddy is so nice. Don't they always? Mom's such a bitch. And it was in jest. Okay, good. I was like, oh, damn, she went for it. And then she kind of doubled down on it. I mean, are you a bitch? Yeah, for sure. Within truth, there is freedom. But in that moment, I think without yoga, it really was this beautiful aha. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about it. What do you think I can do better? And so my 14-year-old old was then insightful enough to say, well, here's my love languages. They're words of affirmation and physical touch. Holy shit. Truly. And I said, well, physical touch is probably not going to be the one for me because no one loved me as a child, but words of affirmation, I think I can work on that. And so we actually did some role playing because she likes to say, I love you all the time to the point where it's like so annoying. And I find myself being like, love you too, just like that. And then I was like, okay, let's say, what is a bad way that I do it? She's like, love you, mom. And I'm like, love you too. And I was like, okay, how can I do better? She's like, love you, mom. And I was like, love you, Eve. And she's like, yeah, that's all you got to do. Wait a second. You have a daughter named Eve and an editor named Eve? She's an Eva, but yes. It is a good Jewish name. It's biblical. Adam and Eve. My name is not Jewish at all, but I am Jewish. I'm living in sin with a Jew. And I married a Jew and converted. I'm Lebanese and Irish and raised by a bunch of hippies. So that was an interesting conversion. As a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher myself, I really thought that I would be way better at parenting <laughs> when I went into it. I'm certainly better than I would be without it. I would probably be arrested if I didn't have that. But I had this kind of idea of the birth and the pregnancy, what it would be like, what I would be like as a parent and a yogi and a meditator and all that other kind of stuff. And I was just really surprised, honestly, that it was not what I'd imagined it would look or feel like at all. And now I'm realizing what it does look like as I'm four years in with my kid and how it does work to my advantage being a yogi and meditator. Share with me your experience of that wake up moment where you're like, huh, this is different. Yeah. I mean, thanks society. I think we have this Pinterest version of what motherhood is supposed to be like, what marriage is supposed to be like, what aging, you know, all of the things. We're told this beautiful story in this white picket fence moment. And the reality is it's all messy. I think what yoga did for me is to be okay in the messiness and be okay with my failures and the opportunity for repair. Parenting without repair is tough. And I think that's a piece that gets missed a lot. And yoga, meditation, any of these kind of mindfulness practices really just build a practice of self-awareness. I said it helps to uncover the shadows. And I have a lot of shadows. Really, I didn't want kids. I was like least likely to have kids. And I ended up with four and two dogs, a blended family. And I don't know how the hell that happened. I was going to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and never have kids. Just overachieve my way outside of my own personal trauma. Same, except not Fortune 500 company. So do you teach your kids yoga and meditation? Do you force them to do it or do you just do it in front of them and hope for the best? What's that situation like at home for you? We were at dinner and we were talking about feelings and I had just come off some like deep therapeutic meditation session. So I was like, well, what are your feelings? Do they have sound? What do they feel like? Are they scratchy? Are they itchy? Are they smooth? And they were like, you are such a joke. I mean, I'm still (laughs) getting shit for that. Then I go way too metaphysical on them. And I've tried. We did 30 days of meditation. They say that your 
kids should be able to meditate for a minute for every year that they're born. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I've taught yoga at their school. And then my daughter's like, I don't want to take that after school club. I'm like, thanks. And there's a lot of it just hoping by proxy. They see me continuing to take care of myself, to prioritize myself, which I think yoga, meditation, seeing what I do in my work and making myself a priority. I hope that does rub off on them. I encourage them to move their body. I encourage breath work. I mean, we definitely talk about taking some stillness and deep breaths, especially when there's big emotions or big feelings and just those little snippets. Because I think if you jam it down their throat, they're going to revolt. I mean, that's what kids do. How has your home practice changed? Because that was a huge thing for me, how to carve the time and just what my practice looks like, home or not. Fellow practitioners, I always ask this because I just want to catch any tips where I can. I've always prioritized fitness for myself, including yoga. And you know, my kids are a little older and a little more self-sufficient. When they were younger, it was trying to find space, whether it was doing it together. I mean, that was kind of fun. I walked my kids miles and miles a day because that was killing two birds with one stone. I could walk and do meditation or listen to my podcast or do some moment for myself while kind of getting them out. And I think the big takeaway is not having to be any certain way. We as women say, okay, well, if working out doesn't look like 60 minutes in the gym or a three mile run, then it's not worth it or a full 60 minute yoga practice or 90 minute yoga practice. And the reality is you get it in where you can fit it in. Yep. I was resistant to start meditating first thing in the morning. So I was like, I don't want to wake up any earlier than I have to. But I just started doing it. I did it by just laying in my bed for five minutes and called that my meditation. So I took all the barriers away that it didn't have to look a certain way. It didn't have to be 20 minutes until I got myself in a regimen that I was comfortable waking up early and doing it every day. And that was part of my routine. So finding those little moments for myself and kind of tricking myself into that. If your kids are little, they need so much of your physical time. When your kids are older, they need your emotional and spiritual time. You know, it's a different ask. Oh, that's a good thing to remember. That is a really good tip. I would not have thought of that. So thank you. Yeah. And it changes, right? The scales are not always going to be balanced in one way or the other. And so the way that you need to show up when your kids are little, it's like physically you need to show up there. You need to be a warm body there because they're getting into everything and they actually need you. And then your practice is so much more important when they need you to show up emotionally and mentally because you have to be in the right frame to be able to even be there for them or have the awareness of what do they actually need from you in this moment. Thank you for that reminder. That was a good one. No one's ever laid it out just like that. And it makes perfect sense. While you're giving out hot tips, any other ones for parents and kids? Fail and repair, you know, that repair piece, because you're not going to always be great. I look at our resources. It's like, okay, how much sleep did I get? Where is my mental space? How am I showing up is based on all of those things, what resources I'm bringing to the table. And they're different every day. And this idea that we can repair because we're going to screw up. And so if we have this bar set really high because we're recovering, covering perfectionism. We think it's going to look a certain way and inevitably we're going to fall short. You know, leaving room for that and then also being able to go to your kids and be like, hey, you know what? I wasn't showing up as my best self. I realized that you could never be married to me because it'd be like way too intense, but I can do better. You know, this opportunity to continue to evolve and grow and just because your kids are younger than you doesn't mean they can't teach you something. When my daughter said I was a raging bitch, I mean, she taught me something in that moment of where I can continue to improve and know that resources come in 
all shapes and sizes from all angles and that just being open to that opportunity, I think. Well, and you just have to be able to function as a person in society and you're not always going to get everything you want. That's why I really love all the places you'll go because I think the book, it doesn't just focus on like, you're great and all of your dreams are going to come true. It talks about how, you know what? Sometimes shit's going to be hard and you're going to feel bad and you're going to feel down, but it's still going to be okay. You're still going to persevere if you choose to. And that's the thing about life is that ultimately, and this is something we have to teach our kids, and I think at least my generation wasn't really taught, we got a lot of participation trophies, is it's important to know how to function when you're not the best and when you're not the greatest. My son was under the impression that they were giving out student of the month awards yesterday at school. And it was like a huge deal. And he was convinced he was going to get it and all this other stuff. And all I could think all day was, oh my God, he is going to be absolutely destroyed. This is going to be his first real heartbreak if he doesn't get it and bracing myself for how are we going to handle this very real possibility that he's not going to get this thing that he really, really wants. Long story short, yesterday wasn't the day, so we don't know. But that turned into other lessons where I'm like, if you want something, you got to tell people you want something. You got to fight for what you want, kid. It's not just going to come to you. Life is full of successes and failures. Life is full of miscommunications and struggle. And it's continuing to get back up or working through an argument and talking about that openly with your kids. Being like, hey, I really screwed up. I didn't listen to you. What were you trying to tell me? And making sure that they understand that their feelings are valid, that their emotions are valid, that just because you're the adult doesn't mean that they don't have validity in their feelings. And they'll probably have better relationships with us when we're the kinds of people that can admit that we're fallible and we make mistakes. You know, that is human nature. So we ask all of our guests this. What do you think every parent, mother, stepmother, should outsource if they have the means to do so. I play the blame game. Any opportunity to blame something on a pediatrician or a doctor, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, Dr. Swathi said that drinking juice is just sugar. So anytime that you can blame something on someone else. We've never heard that answer before. I like it. I like it too. This is taking the place for me as my favorite answer over outsource raising your children. I don't even remember who said that, but I was like, that's a good one. Yeah. And all of a sudden you don't have to be the Svengali of all the rules. You don't have to be the bearer of bad news all the time and you get to kind of share it with and hopefully in some of these cases professionals so that when you come down on them for something or when you're trying to really impart some kind of parental wisdom they might listen to you a little bit more because you're not just yabbing off on all the little stuff. I recently got caught by Blippi's show for my daughter. I laid the blame on the ice cream man saying that when the music is on it means that they're out of ice cream and that worked for a really long time and then Blippi outed it to my daughter and she was like mommy was that in olden times that they used to do that because you told me something different and then I was like mommy lied to you (laughs) I told my daughter that she would grow a third breast if she ate at McDonald's (laughs) that was like oh yeah you don't want to have that third nipple if you eat fast food and then you know obviously they got a little bit older that was just plain lying obviously and they had to come to me and they're like mom I'm really not going to grow a third breast I'm like no you're not but let me show you some YouTube videos of what the chicken nuggets are like and see if you make your choice after that I like your style man thanks 
Agreed. Well, thank you so much. We had so much fun chatting with you. Can you plug yourself, plug the show, tell everyone all the stuff so they can find you and listen along? Absolutely. Yeah, the podcast is called the Zen-ish Mommy Podcast. It's everywhere that you listen to podcasts. There's twice weekly rep episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can find me at thezenmommy.com or on Instagram at the underscore zen underscore mommy. And we're on your show too. So listeners, listen to our episode plus all her other ones. Thanks, ladies. Thank Thank you. All right, Carrie, tell us about Growers and Showers. The paper of record, the Daily Beast. (laughs) Not the paper of record. Put this out to talk about your Daily Beast, and your Daily Beast is your penis. So this article is actually a scientific article, which makes me laugh. It's Growers and Showers are real, but chances are your penis is neither. Chances are you don't have a penis if you're probably listening to this show, but that's okay. Here's some fun facts. People Google about their penis is all the time. That's the most believable thing. We were recording earlier today, and I was Googling about my discharge, so I totally believe that people Google about their penis. Popular penis Googles include is my penis normal? And is my penis a normal length? Alonzo Isa and a group of urologists from Spain set out to answer a question that few have asked scientifically. Is a shower and a grower an actual thing. This is science, man. That is the actual name of their presentation, which will be given at the European Association of Urology Congress. A lot of technical, clinical talk about dicks. They concluded that these categories were real, but two extremes at the end of the spectrum. Most men, the researchers found, fall into a middle gray area, that gray area penis. So by measuring flaccid and erect penis length, can you imagine being the intern on this study? I mean, I want to ask the frat boy question. Was there a fluffer? By measuring flaccid and erect penis length, the researchers could calculate the percent change between the two. They classified growers as people whose penises were over 55.73% longer when erect, and showers as those whose penises were up to 30.94% longer when erect. Based on this definition, 25% of men in the study were growers, while 24% were showers. 51% of the men were neither! So what are they? They're just medium penis all the time. I think. Okay. Doesn't grow too much. It doesn't show too much. It's just not a showstopper. All right. Other than flaccid penis length, showers were on average almost an inch longer than growers. So flaccid shower penises were an inch longer. The researchers did not find much difference between the two groups. Age, weight, smoking status, and other health traits were not significantly linked to being a grower or a shower. Alonzo's group did find that growers tended to have a thinner tunica albuginia the layer of connective tissue surrounding the penis. Alonzo Issa said this finding squares with biology since the albuginia stretches like the surface of a balloon during an erection. Growers' penis lengths are changing more than showers, so their albuginias are stretching further. I mean, that makes sense. Also, no. This research isn't a scientific dick measuring contest, figuratively speaking. Damn, the Daily Beast came in hot. Studying the difference between growers and showers actually can confirm better surgical practices. How? Issa said in a press release that urologists typically see patients' penises at a flaccid state. I mean, good, because that would be weird. It could be helpful to predict whether a patient is a grower or a shower, because if they can grow a lot when they get an erection, it might mean they need a different surgical approach compared to someone who doesn't grow all that much. At the very least, the research should help quell patients' fears about their penises. Chances are they're normal, or at least clinically so. They probably need to work on their obsession with penis size in the first place, so take it to your psychologist. Moral of the story, you're probably not a grower or a shower. You just need to chill with your medium-sized dick. Hashtag swag bag. 
What is that? This is screen cleaner for your phone. Oh, with the little thing. You spray. And then this is microfiber. Cute. I always see those on TikTok. I need it because my makeup makes my phone greasy. Yeah. And my child touches my computer and I'm always using my sweater and that's not great. Sebastian's iPad gets like crusty. Ew, disgusting. Although nothing surprises me less. I was like, go get a Clorox wipe and clean that. That is foul. Okay, so mine is just a plain black leather belt with a gold buckle, real leather for $16.99 on Amazon. It is a great leather belt. It looks like all the other ones that people are charging a hundred plus dollars for. I found this one on Amazon. It looks expensive. It looks like you would get it at like Massimo Duty or any high-end designer just doesn't have a designer belt buckle. It's a nice belt and it's real leather and it's $16.99. All right. Have a great week. We love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamadramaBand.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.